This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome you once again to the Warning Program. Wherever you're listening or watching me throughout the United States or around the world, welcome. I have a friend of mine, apostolic leader Reuben Esch. He lives in Kansas, a great man of God, great church. And we are going to continue on something we started Last week, we talked about demons influencing Christians. Reuben, welcome back to the Warning Radio program. Dr. Hansen, it's so good to be with you. Well, it's always good to be with you. We've done a lot of things together, even in other nations. And I'll tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, if you're in the Kansas area, I want you, Apostle Ash, to name the city of your church and the name of it and how they can find you. Sure. We're located about an hour south of the uh, Kansas City metro area in a rural town called Garnett, Kansas. And uh, I pastor a church there called Beacon House of Worship. We have a 10 a.m. Sunday service as our regular worship service. And the best place to find out more info about us is to get on our website, which is botmi.org. B-O-T-M-I stands for Beacon of Truth Ministries International. Very good. And uh, if you're going through Garnet, let me tell you something. I'm going to put a plug in for him. I mean, certainly the the church is is the most important, but he has a fantastic restaurant and coffee shop. And uh, if you're tired of supporting Starbucks because of their stance on woke and everything else and coming against the values of Jesus Christ, and you can't find a good restaurant or coffee shop, Reuben, I don't do this for everyone, but why don't you tell them the name of your restaurant? Well, as you know, uh, Dr. Hansen, my wife and I were both raised Old Order Amish, and uh, before we got filled with the Holy Spirit, that was our upbringing and background, and so we have an Amish-style restaurant known as the Dutch Country Cafe in Garnett, Kansas, and it's a very popular restaurant in this area. When the Lord told me to do this three years ago, it didn't make sense for a pastor as busy as me to do it, but we did it, and we have found it a great place to connect with the locals, and to share the gospel with people. So the Dutch Country Cafe is a restaurant, coffee shop, bakery, and uh, home-style dining in uh, Garnett, Kansas. And we're open from 6 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., six days a week, closed on Sundays. 
Well, very good. I'll tell you, to me, it's also a, a great extension of the kingdom of God as you're also a lead pastor, the senior pastor, an apostolic pastor over other churches. But that way you're concerned over people in your church and young people uh, to plug in to find a good job. And I'll tell you what, I was very impressed. Not only that, man, I, I was impressed with your food and your coffee. I, I love coming there just to do that, Ruben. I'm drinking a cup of that coffee right now. Organic coffee. It's the best way to drink coffee. Oh, my goodness. Look at that. He's teasing me right now, and I'm in Washington State. Very good. Well, when I come there, Ruben, I, I can't wait to come and sit with you and drink that coffee. Sounds so good. You know, one of the things, I just got back from a trip on the East Coast. I know our last interview a week ago had to do with deliverance and uh, God's people getting free, specifically God's people getting free through one of the tools that God has given us, which is deliverance. But there's a message I preached on the East Coast. You would like the title. I called it Battleships and Backbone. Wow. And uh, the school of thought is, is that the church is not a cruise ship and that believers are not supposed to be jellyfish. But we're supposed to be in battleships and have some backbone and be engaged in the battle. So I'm so excited about what God is doing, what he's doing through the deliverance ministry. You know, we got into it. We've always been somewhat involved in deliverance, but it really ramped up about three to five years ago is really a huge part of what we're doing. But the testimonies that are coming out of it, just amazing. We had a young lady come up in one of the services and said that her grandfather was actively involved in witchcraft. And she said, I know that generationally that spirit has followed the family line, and would you pray for me? And so I just rebuked the spirit of witchcraft. I commanded it to come up and out. And she said an excruciating pain took place at the pit of her stomach. And as my hand went up through in front of her, that pain followed up through and went out the top of her head. And she said she recognized immediately that the spirit of witchcraft had left. But what was so interesting about that is that she also said there was an oppression on her that she said she's had all her life since she was a little girl. And when the spirit of witchcraft left, that oppression left. And so her grandfather was known for his ability to water witch and the ability to find water through water witching. When she renounced that ability left, that spirit left, but it also, Satan always, you know, he does enable people to do certain things, but with it always comes a trade-off. He always gets you in another area, and for her, it was that spirit of oppression that left her. Just another brief testimony, we were in the state of Ohio, prayed for someone, and rebuked the spirit of infirmity, and four years of Lyme's disease, the pain that comes with Lyme's disease, immediately left his body when I talked to him four days later. When he texted me, he said that it was completely gone. So just amazing. And, and this is just a, a, some testimonies that are coming out of the deliverance ministry. Well, tremendous. Uh, I just love testimonies, and we've seen so many in our own ministry, but I just love testimonies. They encourage and strengthen, and, and they bring to reality the gospel of Jesus Christ. That title you preached, man, I like that title. You knew I would like it. That's right up my alley, Reuben. And now, ladies and gentlemen, 
If you did not see last week's program, let me just go over the topics, but I want you to know you can find it on my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org. On our website, we have all of our programs. We're on seven days of week. Saturday and Sunday are our programs, and then Monday through Friday, half an hour. But uh, we're on 40 podcasts. We're on television channel, pay television, we're on paid radio, as well as other means, social media. In fact, this very Sunday at midnight, Eastern Standard Time, we're into 300 million more homes on the Now Television Network. Praise God for that. We're doing everything we can to get the gospel out. But now, ladies and gentlemen, again, these are the topics we covered last week with Apostle Esh. One, why does it seem like there's a growing interest in deliverance? Two, how did you get involved in deliverance? Three, what is needed to cast out demons? Four, who do we cast demons out of? Five, what opens the door to demonization? Six, where are signs that someone may have a demon? And seven, what's the key to walking in victory post-deliverance? Again, look at my website, www.worldministries.org, and watch or listen to that interview. Now, today I want to cover another seven, if we have time. One, deliverance in the ministry of Jesus. Uh, you know, Reuben, it was all through the Bible, but go ahead. Mark chapter 1, verse 27 says that they were all amazed. It says that the reason they were amazed, they kept asking these questions, what new doctrine is this? What new thing is this? And then they said this, they said, with authority, Jesus commands even the unclean spirits and they do obey him. The reality of it is, is deliverance from demons is, is primarily found in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, I have not been able to find one place where someone cast out a demon. So when Jesus came on the scene, he began to do this regularly. Some estimate that it was one-third of his ministry was focused on deliverance and casting out demons. This is what he did one-third of the time in his ministry. Many times there was healing connected with it as well. But it says that they were amazed. They had not seen anything like this before. And so that we know that somewhere through the New Testament or in the Gospels that he takes his 12 disciples and he prays over them. He anoints them to do the same thing. And even after Jesus leaves, the early church is walking in this. And a lot of times they're doing it with covenant children. But deliverance was a key part of the ministry of Jesus. Now, another thing that we see concerning deliverance and casting out devils in Mark chapter 9, verse 39, the disciples come to Jesus and they're a little bit frustrated because there's a man outside of their circle that's actually also doing the same thing. And they're complaining to Jesus about it. Jesus said, forbid him not. But he goes on to say, there's no man that shall do a miracle in my name that can speak evil of me. And so when you look at deliverance and casting out a demon, it's actually a miracle that takes place. It's done by the finger of God, Jesus said, or the Spirit of God, that the kingdom of heaven comes upon us, and through that a deliverance takes place. A, a very key part of the ministry of Jesus and also the early church, and somehow it feels like the modern church has somehow gotten away from it. 
Well, you are totally correct, Ruben, and that's why, again, you and I are both involved with Eagle Saving Nations. We're going to bring reality back to the church because only reality can uh, stop the insanity of what's going on in America, stop judgment if we can just have a national great awakening. Now, as we know, the demonic was all through the Bible. Look at what evil kings, leaders did, Pharaoh and others, and uh, all through the Bible. But now Jesus was actively involved, as you said, and set the example of what we're supposed to do today. We're supposed to be doing deliverance with people. And that is so critical. And as you said, Reuben, most people are not doing it. Most churches aren't doing it. Most pastors aren't doing it. Reuben? I believe one of the reasons why deliverance is so resisted in the modern Western church, and this is true mostly in uh, the U.S. and obviously places like India and Africa, they still recognize that this is a necessary part of the work of the church because many people coming out of pagan religions and witchcraft and that type of thing need deliverance after they get saved. It's widely accepted in most of the third world countries, but for some reason, it's resisted in the modern church world. And I believe the biggest hang-up for most pastors is the word possession. You find the word possession, I think it's 13 times in the King James Version, and it's actually a bad translation from the Greek. If you go into the Greek, the word possession is not there. The word possession indicates ownership, and if someone is a believer, it is impossible for a demon to own that person. But demonization is the actual word that's found in the Greek, and we know that there's many different levels of that. And so what a lot of pastors struggle with is this idea that a Christian can actually have a demon. And the old Pentecostal preachers and and a lot of the backgrounds where we came out of, they taught us that a Christian can't cross the bloodline. If you're saved, you can't have a demon. But that's not what Scripture teaches. Jesus very clearly said that deliverance is the children's bread. It's for the sons and daughters of God. It's for the believer. And so while a believer cannot be possessed, ownership, by a devil, a believer can be demonized. Derek Prince used to say it like this. He said a demon can have anything he wants. And that's the reality. If we open the door through sin, it does open the door to a devil. But even after you become saved, part of the sanctification process has to do with finding deliverance in areas where there might be strongholds in your life through the way that you think and believe about things. And that stronghold really is the residence of the enemy. Well, you're exactly right. I mean, body, soul, and spirit, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, certainly a demon cannot take a hold of our spirit when we're give, you know, the Holy Spirit comes in. And that's what you said, you know, total possession is impossible, but body, soul, mind, will, and emotions. Sickness attacks the body. Now, if a Christian cannot have a demon in his body, neither can a Christian have cancer in his body. So just logically, logically, use common sense, we know that's not true. Now, when I was pastoring in Singapore, you know, I was pastoring with uh, the apostolic apostle Rick Seward and that mega church over there. We had 50 people get saved every 
every single Sunday and Saturday, they were already scheduled to cast demons out of them. Why? Because that's multiracial over there and Hinduism and Buddhism and Islam. And they would take the babies to the temple gods and uh, we would cast demons out of Christians that very Saturday immediately. And they came out manifesting. If it was the monkey god, they danced around like a monkey. But let me tell you, if you don't believe in it, if you go there, you'll believe in it. Reuben? Absolutely. One of the believers we find in the New Testament that had a demon was Ananias, Ananias and Sapphira, because when Peter confronted them, these were church-going people, and they were part of the move of God that was taking place in the early church. And when Peter confronted Ananias and Sapphira about their sin, one of the questions he said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? And so it's entirely possible in the realm of the mind, will, and emotions for a believer to have a stronghold and for Satan to dominate that area of a believer's life. Well, you're absolutely right. I'll just give a short testimony. In Florida years ago, I was, was a keynote speaker at the Fivefold Gifts of Ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, pastor. And I just touched on this, just touched on it, because most people, as you know, resist that mentality that a Christian can have a demon. Well, at the end, I gave an altar call for healing and the worship pastor who led tremendous worship. He came forward. Immediately, I discerned he had a demon. And I started to cast it out of him. He doubled over. He started screaming and vomiting. They brought in a trash can. I'll tell you, I cast out many demons right out of the worship pastor. Reuben? Absolutely. You know, moving on here, one of the things that I like to tell people is that deliverance is not a cure-all. And it's an amazing tool in our toolbox, but it's not a cure-all. You can't crucify the devil, I like to say this, and cast out the flesh. So in other words, Not everything that a believer struggles with or battles with is necessarily a demon. It may be because of the work of a demon, but that doesn't necessarily mean that casting the demon out uh, will actually solve the problem immediately. And so one of the things I like to say is that there are four things that every deliverance minister needs to be aware of. Number one is sin. What do we do about sin? Number two is the curse. What do we do about the curse? And the Bible says in Proverbs 26, 2, as a bird wandering, as a swallow by flying, so the curse causeless shall not come. And so there's always a reason for the curse. It's because we have opened the door to it through sin. So we have sin. What do we do with sin? We have the curse. What do we do with the curse? We have demons. What do we do with demons? And then we also have what a demon does is it programs our way of thinking through theta brainwave activity. And that's by putting thoughts into our mind. And when we accept and receive those thoughts, he begins to program us to think a certain way. And when you begin to think a certain way, it can further cause Because of that stronghold, it can cause more problems. And so I tell deliverance ministers, I said, if there's sin, repent of the sin. You can't cast out the sin, you repent of it. If there's a curse, you break the curse off through renunciation. If there's demons, you cast the demon out. And if there's strongholds, which are wrong ways of thinking in our mind, our imaginations, you pull those strongholds down. And so... Deliverance has has become a powerful tool for us in helping people find victory, but we're also realizing it is not a cure-all. It doesn't solve everything. 
And uh, so there's other pieces and components to this as we work with people, as we preach the gospel, as we disciple. There's other pieces that need to be brought into this. Well, you're exactly right. And, and we follow those same steps. And it's just like uh, I've cast demons out of people, spirits of infirmity, a spirit of epilepsy, and, and they come out. But yet you, you got to really, uh, when they come out again, uh, if, if you got sick because of the way you ate and drank, it wasn't a spirit, but he took advantage of, of wrong eating and drinking, then you've got to change and eat and drink food and things like this properly so sickness doesn't come upon you again. So uh, all of these areas are emotions. We need to repent of anything that is not pleasing to God. Our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Like you said, deliverance is not a cure-all. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you just tuned in, I have Apostle Reuben Esch. He's out of Kansas, Garnet, Kansas, great church. He's a great leader over there, Apostle Reuben Esch. If you did not see last week's program, or if you just tuned in and you missed most of today, uh, go to my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org, and watch and listen. Now, uh, Reuben, what about the connection between sickness and demons? So, disclaimer. Not every sickness gets healed when you cast a demon out, but there obviously in Scripture is a connection. When Jesus cast a demon out of the Syrophoenician lady's girl, the Bible says she was made whole in the same hour. When Jesus cast a spirit of infirmity out of the woman that he called a daughter of Abraham that had been bound up for 18 years, she was healed. And so we see that there are... Uh, several instances in Scripture where a healing took place as a result of a demon being cast out. And so there's very clearly a connection. Acts 10.38 says that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing all, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So there's very clearly a connection, and we have begun to realize that certain sicknesses and diseases are connected back to certain ways of thinking or strongholds in the mind. And if you can get the person to repent of the stronghold and renounce it, many times there's uh, healing that can begin to happen through that. Uh, so while I, it's very important, especially with mental health, to understand that not every mental health situation is a demon, could be caused by a demon, but most of the time, it's caused by a way of thinking that has come through theta brainwave activity. So this is a vast subject that we probably don't have enough of time to cover uh, today. But one brief testimony I will give. This happened just recently. There was a lady that contacted us, and she was having a stroke. And she said, rather than go to the hospital, uh, she said, I want you to come over and pray for me. And so we we went over, and uh, when we got there, the second stroke had hit, and she had already lost her ability to speak and was mostly beginning to pass out, was unconscious. And so the moment I walked into the room, immediately the Lord spoke to me and said, there's been anxiety and stress in this woman's life. And so I asked one of the family members, has she been dealing with anxiety and stress? And, and so I depend heavily on the word of knowledge and uh, discerning of spirits, which are two of the gifts found in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, when it comes to deliverance. And I think that's safe, that the safer way to go rather than dialoguing with demons. And so I immediately 
questioned the family. They verified, yes, she's been under a lot of stress. And then I took the woman through a prayer of renunciation, renouncing stress and anxiety. It was difficult because she was under the effects of a stroke and could just passing. She was in and out of consciousness. And But we took her through prayer, took about 10 minutes where she renounced all of these things. And then I commanded the spirits of anxiety and stress to release her. And immediately there was a release from her spirit. But the most amazing thing, within 10 minutes, all symptoms of paralysis and the stroke was completely gone. She was completely healed just by having demons cast out of her. So this is not always the case, but it certainly has been a uh, uh, something we've been seeing a lot of lately is the, the healing deliverance connection. Tremendous. Uh, I'll tell you, Ruben, um, I remember a lady not too long ago came into our services staff meeting and uh, she it took her a while to get out of the car. She was so very sick. She came in. She had a baseball, uh, baseball, if not softball size lump on her arm. Uh, and, and my wife immediately saw demons dancing around her. She whispered in my ear, demons are dancing around that lady. I had her come forward. I went ahead, got a couple people filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues. And I cast out the demons. Uh, my wife saw him run through the wall. Then we prayed healing and the tumor, the tumor in front of everybody, this baseball, softball sized tumor protruding out of her arm just vanished. It just shriveled up and disappeared. Wow, Ruben. Now, this is this is what happens. We need to understand what demons Amen. can do. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the warning program. Apostolic leader Ruben Esch out of Kansas. He pastors in Garnet, Kansas. And we did not get through this program. Uh, I need to cover three more issues. Why is it hard to get rid of demons? The most important things needed if you want deliverance and uh, navigating the landmines of deliverance. So you're going to have to tune in again next week. Ruben, I'm going to have you back. Is that okay? I think we can do it sometime. Okay. <laughs> okay. Ladies and gentlemen, may God richly bless you. No matter what your problem is, there is salvation, there is deliverance, there is healing. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. 
Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.